Greetings, church. Great Tuesday greeting to you as we are in this Tuesday after the second Sunday of Lent. Yesterday we had our prayer of the day, and today we have our first reading. Our reading from Exodus 20, the Ten Commandments. Those are always fun, right? Well, as we go into this, of course, we always begin with a psalm. Always going to the Psalms so that we have words to pray when sometimes we don't know what words to use. And so again, we have our Psalm that's appointed from the back of our hymnal for today, Psalm 105. Let us calm our hearts. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. We'll give thanks to the Lord. Call on his name, make known his deeds among the people, sing to him, sing praises to him, tell of all his wonderful works. Glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Seek the Lord in his strength. Seek his presence continually. Remember the wonderful works he has done, his miracles and the judgments he has uttered. O offspring of a servant Abraham, children of Jacob, his chosen ones. He is the Lord our God. His judgments are in all the earth. He is mindful of his covenant forever, of the word that he commanded for a thousand generations, the covenant that he made with Abraham, his sworn promise to Isaac, which he confirmed to Jacob as a statute, to Israel as an everlasting covenant, saying to you, I will give the land of Canaan as as your portion for an inheritance. Then he brought Israel out with silver and gold, and there was no one among their tribes who stumbled. Egypt was glad when they departed, for dread of them had fallen upon it. He spread a cloud for a covering and fire to give light by night. They asked, and he brought quails and gave them food from heaven in abundance. He opened the rock, and water gushed out. It flowed through the desert like a river, for he remembered his holy promise and Abraham his servant. So he brought his people out with joy, his chosen ones with singing. He gave them the lands of the nations, and they took possession of the wealth of the peoples they might keep his statutes and observe his laws. Praise the Lord. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Well, yesterday I I read the psalm to you from our hymnal, and so today I am reading it to you from our uh, actual text from the NRSV. And again, it sits there and gives us such fruit of the story of God in our midst, in the midst of Israel, but then also the story becoming ours as we are brought into the promise of Abraham, not of land, but of deliverance of what God gives to us in Christ. Well, our first reading comes from Exodus 20, verses 1 through 17, the Ten Commandments section. And God spoke all these words. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an idol, whether in the form of anything that is in heaven above, or that is on the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing children for the iniquity of parents to the third and the fourth generation of those who reject me, but showing steadfast love to the thousandth generation of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not make wrongful use of the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not acquit anyone who misuses his name. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. You shall not do any work, you, your son or your daughter, your male or female slave, your livestock or the alien resident in your towns. 
For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, but rested the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and consecrated it. Honor your father and your mother so that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or male or female slave or ox or donkey or anything that belongs to your neighbor. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Now the Ten Commandments seem like a list, right? Like if I, if I follow these things, everything will go well, which is true. Which is true. But the problem is, is that the things that we can do, that we can hold on to, that we can, that we can uh, quantify, tend to be the second half. The, the honor your father and mother. Well, we can do that to the best of our ability, but the problem is, is that uh, what if our father or mother's a jerk, right? That's, that's the conversation I usually have with confirmation kids when we talk about honor your father and mother. Or you shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet. Well, see, we can quantify kind of honoring of parents, although we could have a long discussion on what it means to honor. We can quantify not murdering people because those are statistics we can hold to, hold to, not committing adultery, well, we can talk to our spouses, not stealing, uh, not bearing false witness. But then we get to coveting, and that causes a major hiccup because coveting is not real. It, it, it's a victimless crime in the sense that it's something that happens in your mind. It's something that happens in your heart where you see what somebody else has and you want it. But the way that I've taught it before is that it's not just seeing what somebody else has and wanting it. So that you see that somebody else has a PlayStation 4 or somebody else has a a really nice car. Coveting is not, well, you like that they have that and so it's gonna get you to go out and get your own. No, it's I see Joe's car and I want Joe's car. And so then that can lead to other things, other harms. But the biggest issue that we have with the Ten Commandments is that we tend to read past the first half. We get to the second half and we try to hold on to these. It's it's kind of like that discussion that Jesus has with the rich young ruler where Jesus says, well, you know the commandments, because he comes and he says, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And and Jesus says, well, you know the commandments, just do those and you'll live. And, and he says, well, I've done all those for my youth, all the second half stuff. Well, then Jesus gets to the first half stuff, the issues of God, the issues of having a God and, and where we have that God. And, and the reality is, is that we are idolaters. We turn our gods into so many things and leave behind the other God. We trust in our politicians. We trust in our spouse. We trust in our children. We trust in our jobs. We trust in so many different things other than God at so many different times. And part of that idolatry becomes something that's attached to coveting in the sense that I will look at what somebody else has or the life that somebody else has and I want that. And that then becomes what I pursue where if I have that, then life will be good for me. But that's not the case at all, is it? Because usually then we leave behind all the people and all the things that God has given us and we tend to trample all over them in pursuit of that other thing, leaving a wake of destruction behind us. 
Martin Luther would come to us and say, everything about the Ten Commandments hinges on the first one. Where it's not just you shall have no other gods, but it's God proclaiming to you that he is your God. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. Of what God has preemptively done for you, therefore we are not to have any other gods. And that's the the word of, of the Ten Commandments, because if we hold God up as holy, we hold God up as our God, the God who has brought us out, then what ends up happening? Then we don't want to disparage his name, for instance. We, we don't want to pretend that he's a cow when he's actually God. We, we, we want to honor the day that he has gifted us to be with him, the Lord's day, the Sabbath day, the day in which we come together to hear the word and to pray. Uh, we will honor our parents because our parents stand in the stead of God in both authority and creation. We won't murder because we're not God. We don't have the right to take life. We're going to hold on to the spouse that God has given to us. We're, we're not going to take something that God hasn't given to us. We're not going to lie against our neighbor. And we're not going to covet something else because we're going to be thankful for what God has given us. I pray that would be the case for us. Let us hold on to that first commandment as God being our God. Let us pray. Holy God, through your Son, you have called us to live faithfully and act courageously. Keep us steadfast in your covenant of grace and teach us the wisdom that comes only through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Well, church, take the time to read the Ten Commandments again and see how you might have God be your God this week. Go in peace, serve the Lord. Thanks be to God.